Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Survive and Thrive, a podcast that brings you stories and perspectives on how in changing times, leaders and organizations can not only transform to survive, but also thrive. I'm your host, Jennifer Ayers. As a recap, last season, we focused on change management and helping our listeners understand how to positively influence the change they want to see in their organization. This season, our fourth season, we're focusing on some of the important aspects facing many organizations today regarding the future of work. In season four, episode 33 of Survive and Thrive, I spoke with Kate Hall about humanizing work culture. In our discussion of curating a healthy work culture, Kate told an incredible story about a time where she was transparent with her supervisor. I highly recommend going back to episode 33 to hear how that conversation went and the story that Kate shares. For now, I'd like to quickly summarize the example. While helping her transgender child in their journey, Kate needed time to collect herself during the workday. She was honest with her supervisor who granted her the time and space. As she says in the episode, she only really needed about an hour or so before she was ready to work again. But it's the consideration and kindness of her boss that made all the difference. The story got me thinking about my discussion with Dr. Amber Tishner in episode 11 of season four, where we discuss psychological safety in the workplace. Now, it got me thinking about a member who might be part of the LGBTQ community. And while that can be a wonderful experience, of course, having that community that you can draw from, other times it certainly can be stressful or dangerous sometimes in different work environments. Unfortunately, the office is not always a safe place, and this can occur both intentionally or unintentionally. So I'd like to go over some best practices to help companies discover and think about ways that they can be inclusive in their culture, especially towards the LGBTQ community. As we've discussed on the podcast before, a diverse workforce improves the stability of a company by having higher revenues, happier workers, and lower turnovers. In fact, LGBTQ employees reported longer working hours than their straight counterparts. More on that later in the episode. The Williams Institute of UCLA conducts research every year called LGBT People's Experience of Workplace Discrimination and Harassment. Each year, this report provides valuable information to workplace leaders. For the statistics over the next couple of minutes, I will use the term LGBT people as the UCLA report does. Now, it's impossible to assume anyone's gender and sexual identity as 50% of LGBTQ workers do not reveal their identity or orientation at work. Additionally, people can realize their identity at any stage in life. Overall, individuals are not required and should not be forced to quote-unquote come out. I say all this to relay to you that you may have some team member who is an LGBT community member and you may not be realizing it. You might not be thinking of things that you're saying or doing that could, in fact, create some sort of sense of detachment from those individuals. UCLA's 2021 Williams Institute report that I mentioned earlier in the episode shed some light on the workplace reality for many LGBT employees. 
two-thirds of LGBT workers have had negative comments, slurs, or jokes about LGBTQ people at work. In most cases, people reported being called or hearing these terms. Unfortunately, jokes that seem innocent not only breed an intolerant environment, they can also encourage a dangerous one. About 37.7% of employees reported experiencing harassment from work because of their sexual orientation or gender identity at least one time. Almost 21% of workers were physically harassed because of their orientation or identity, including being punched, hit, or beaten in the workplace at least once. This is not acceptable. LGBT people do not only encounter mental and physical threats to their safety at work, they can also undergo employment discrimination, either being fired or not being hired. Hiring and firing practices can sometimes be murky, but I think it's important to believe what employees are reporting. Almost 30% of people have been either fired or not hired specifically because of their orientation or identity at one point in their lives. Non-white LGBT individuals face homophobia at a higher rate than their white counterparts, in addition to racism. The Bureau of Labor Statistics found that in 2021, LGBTQ workers earned 90 cents for every dollar typically earned by their straight counterparts. If the person is of color, transgender, or non-binary, they will earn less than that. So what can leaders do to create an inclusive environment? The first and most obvious step towards inclusivity is ensuring that acceptance is stated in the company values. By voicing your support, you are sending the clear message across to any potential prospect that minority groups are not just welcomed, but they're celebrated. However, the reverse side of the coin is also reinforcing a community of acceptance when someone makes insensitive jokes or uses vulgar language. Publicly and privately supporting your LGBTQ employees goes a long way for everyone involved especially because these comments can lead to violence. Moving on to other measures, I think it's important to bring up parental leave. By creating a universal parental leave without stating a specific gender, you allow your LGBTQ employees more of an opportunity to support their families. Additionally, this parental leave should apply to adoptive parents with the same policies in place. While a universal parental leave sounds basic, it's unfortunately not common. Perhaps you've already had a great maternity leave policy, but the language needs to be updated. That brings me to another point. The language in your company documents, training videos, or others should be updated to be more inclusive of all persons. Sometimes we may not even realize the power language has until it excludes us. For example, by inviting your employees' partners as opposed to spouse, husband, wives, you automatically include everyone. It's easy, free, and can get people to feel more included in a workplace activity that's supposed to be fun and social. Another great way to foster an inclusive environment is to maybe establish some communities of practice or LGBTQ communities specifically. We've discussed before the power that community groups have, and they can form mentorship, friendships, and greater commitment and loyalty to the company. As a leader, our behavior goes a long way. While the news often fixates on asking for pronouns, which is still important in our future understanding of identity, there are many actions and attitudes that can be helpful and harmful. Like we said at the beginning of the episode, 
No employee should be forced to self-identify if they don't want to. However, if someone doesn't identify themselves or would like to be called by a different name, we as leaders need to set the example by embracing our team members. When major landmarks occur, such as laws being passed in favor or against LGBTQ rights, leaders can be mindful to either celebrate or support the entire team. Even taking a few minutes at the beginning of a meeting to acknowledge the event extends your support to your team members, and that can have a large impact. It sends a message that you are caring about human rights and you are caring about them as individuals and as the team. Inclusivity is the gift that keeps on giving. It makes your employees feel safe and your culture will become more healthy and your company will thrive. Thank you everyone for listening and joining this week's episode of our Survive and Thrive podcast. Remember, at Consinity, we empower the conscious leader to realize positive and sustainable change. Until next time, don't just survive, thrive. Take care.